0: Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of the podcast, so come check us out. With me is my co pilot in all things Marvel Cards. The indescribable, yet desirable, Norinrad. Rad. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm loving these intros. They
1: are getting better. They I'm very much better. enjoying them. They yeah. are.
0: They are. I've written a few down. We've got a few. So <laughs> got to give a special shout out to all of the um, artists and creators who've kindly agreed to give us some little audio stings of support that we've um, edited onto the front of these podcasts. Yeah um, seriously
1: a, a much appreciated for everything yeah. you guys every, everything everything you artists do for us. Yeah.
0: It's so nice of you guys to go out of your way. So, you know, thank you for that. Um yeah. hopefully um we'll have some more exciting ones coming up. Yeah. Uh, for you and um we'll have some guests on some artist yeah. guests would be nice. Yeah. Um some of the people that we've talked about in previous episodes from maybe Upper Deck or Rittenhouse or
1: I think interviewing artists, collectors, people from the industry, designers, that's kind of the future of the show is having exactly. them on and having those conversations. Exactly. And then also doing um, artist spotlights, spotlights on sets coming up. So mm-hmm. the latest news, things that are happening in the market as well. Yeah. A little bit of everything.
0: Yeah. See yeah. So, yeah, so what are we talking about this week, Norman? So I
1: figured what we'll talk about today is card investing. We'll go ahead and look at some of the different sets, artists, what makes cart, what makes certain cards valuable, valuable on the third one, third market, on the buyer's market on eBay and other sites of sort. And we'll talk about low print runs. Uh, really what's happening right now on the comic book side of collecting is people are stacking or grade jumping on CGC comics. So you'll have someone buy 1.5 of a particular first appearance, wait for the price to jump, and then they'll go ahead and invest in the higher price grade and they're stacking. So investing is really becoming kind of a highlighted section of the hobby. Unlike before, more people are buying into it, more people are investing. And I think a lot of IPs are having, are hitting their 10-year mark or their five-year mark or like Pokemon or all these other kind of cards where you realize the franchise is not going to die out and it's going to stay popular, especially with Marvel's movie releases and being bought by Disney. It's a forever you're never gonna a spider man's always going to exist so the investment is solid now and i Mm. think i don't know when it's going to bleed over to trading cards because the hobby is still it's just starting to get like i mean marvel masterpiece 2016 is that the 11th uh that was the ninth. that's the ninth. so we're getting on 10 Mm. so it seems to me like people are going to start Trusting that these are the sets that there will always be a Marvel Masterpiece set, you'll yeah. always have something released. So, yeah, I think we're of them. yeah, yeah. So, I think we're getting into that kind of conversation now. And I think there's some really cool questions we can ask. And, um, quick disclaimer before I give it back to Ian here because I'm definitely uh taking this conversation myself. Um, these are dis- this, just a disclaimer, these are our opinions. we you know this is my opinion as a collector i've seen certain things happen between other collectors knowing tons of other collectors so whatever we say here is just an opinion this is not set in stone there are certain things you can see with sold listings and print runs and low print runs but by any means if you are a collector of one particular thing or you like doing one particular thing with your collection there is no wrong way to collect we were just simply talking about what are the trends of the market from what we know.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also worth saying that value is at a certain point becomes subjective, especially That's on true. the harder to find and one one of one items. Um, what um, what I find is on the, on the even the short print stuff. Um, and when I say short print, I'm talking 50, 100, 200 cards. Yeah. There's usually enough of an indication from eBay sold listings, and rightly or wrongly, eBay is kind of where most of the action is in terms of yeah. a lot of that market now. Mm-hmm. So um, it 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 is it's kind of you know in the same way that you go online and you want to look for something, you go to Google. So um so that's that's kind of you know not a beast of our making. That just happens to be the way way of things. So yeah. when I'm kind of looking at values of, of stuff that you know there's you know it's a base card or a chase card and there's you know there's more than one of them basically um yeah and there's maybe more than five or ten or you know once you get into the 50s that's when you, it becomes a lot easier to get a gauge of okay what is the market doing with that card and you, you can look at ebay and you can usually get a pretty good sense of it and the right. way that um the way that i advise people do it um and this is buyers and sellers um, is based on how the retro video gaming community in the UK does it a lot on Facebook, mm. um, which is if you're, if you're selling something, um, have a look on eBay sold, take at least three to five sold listings, Yep. and it might be tricky to find, uh, as an example, I'm gonna pull this off the top of my head, a battle spectra gem from 2016, okay? Now, uh, yeah. it might be tricky to find many examples of, one of those cards however i look this morning and i could see nine battle spectra gem sold listings so yeah. i take that i average it and i lop off maybe 10 to 15 percent to account for ebay fees and the fact that shipping may have been included and that's Agreed. kind of that's kind of the rule of thumb that i use and a lot of different collecting circles use that aren't yeah. trading cards and you know that works pretty well but ultimately that all goes out the window if someone sees it and it is the last card they need for their set or the last card they Agreed. need for their character subset or whatever it may be. Um, and they might be willing to pay just a touch more for it. So, you know, it's a rule of thumb, but it doesn't doesn't cover all scenarios. So that's, yeah. that I just wanted to put that note in about sort of valuations. I think where Agreed. you get into the investment side of things, it becomes... Well, there's, there's a couple of issues at play there. There's the scarcity of it. So, whether it's a one of one or one of five or one of ten. And then the other thing that comes into play, especially with comics, is the condition. So, a lot of the comics that you've talked about, the ones that are 1.5, 1, 1. 2.5, 5, you're talking about those being slabbed and encased yeah. in uh, a plastic tomb <laughs> and yeah, never imagine. to be read or handled again. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I'm a raw comic collector. I, for me, a comic is to be read, loved, handled. The first thing I do when I pick up any book that's older than 1980 is I smell it. And yeah, that, that's a big deal for me. Um, to do that, um, I mean, it's 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 definitely an
1: experience to be there. We I was just watching something uh, where they went to the Library of Congress to look at a the first appearance of Spider-Man. Yeah, and you can go there and you know anonymous donor donated most of the pages from that book if not all with the cover and everything and you can just see all the intricacies so you can see all the smaller details and there is something archival and historical about touching and holding and reading a comic book as as a milestone as that is
0: exactly now the the other part to that is is interesting that you said that and we didn't plan this but the one of the main arguments for the older books and the scarcer books like amazing fantasy 15 that you mentioned mm-hmm. is the fact that th- those things weren't meant to still be around they weren't made to still be here in 2019 you right. know they were printed on paper that that biodegrades they were printed on paper that goes yellow goes brittle right. um, effectively biodegrades over time because um, of the you know the acid in the paper the print. yeah yeah but they were short print throwaway items that cost 10 cents 12 cents um and so for for a lot of those key books it's actually a case of preservation yeah and you know actually preserving it because if 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 all you wanted to do was read the stories you can get a reprint of those you can get a, right or know, an omnibus yeah, or whatever exactly, yeah exactly which is which is which is absolutely fine so um i personally Wouldn't have the dollar even for a low grade Amazing Spider Man 1, Amazing Fantasy 15. Um, and I've got uh Marvel Milestones reprints of both of them, so you know I'm set on that side of things. And you're good, but but a lot of collectors, you know, a lot of the later comics, you know, even new books, you know, people are slabbing straight away with no intention of reading them. Um, in a lot of cases, largely because a lot of the um stuff coming out these days is variant covers and you can actually get it new already slabbed you know yep. or signed or remarked yep. okay so that the, that is the closest thing to me to the whole grading area of cards because when you do that all you're actually talking about is how it looks from the front and how it looks from the back right
1: which is the major difference. Exactly. There's nothing
0: being concealed in the case. Exactly. So when you create
1: a card, you're having the full experience other than the tactile experience, which yep. to be honest, as a collector, you don't handle a card if ever, if you want to keep it nice. You, you encase it the moment you get it. You're mm-hmm. always seeing that. And if you want to see the card bear, which sometimes it's extremely beautiful and, and it's, a, it's a great thing to do, you are not having that touch experience with a card like you would with a comic book, which you are reading and handling and so forth. So grading cards does make more sense um, in terms of that being a more valuable part of the market because you do have that divide with comic books. Yeah, and Um, we will
0: talk about card grading. Yeah, we'll go into that in another... And we'll have some guests
1: on there as well. Yeah. Um, So I think... There's some big questions that always happen with collectors when you're talking about investments from what we've heard. Um, Let me just get out the first one, which is collectors who haven't been in the hobby for quite a long time, who are from the 90s and have their cards from the 90s and all that kind of stuff. I see a lot of posts where they'll post a Chase foil card from 1990 or 94 or an X-Men foil card or something of that nature, and they'll think it's worth a lot of money just so you guys know just so everyone knows all the collectors it's really about serial numbers and one of ones and you're looking at low print runs so if you wanted to know your value of your cards you kind of have to see what the print one print run is Mm. so for like 92 93 and 94 the print run boxes wise was 350,000 boxes. Is official. Marvel Masterpiece, is you talking? Marvel yeah? Masterpiece specifically. Yeah. Okay. yeah, those are the numbers. Yeah, I picked up mm-hmm. those numbers because Marvel Masterpiece, I don't know, and I wondering in like what do you what series do you think is the valuable series?
0: Uh Marvel in Masterpieces in terms of Marvel cards. Um 96 of the original OG 5 um is yep. because it was the shortest print.
1: It's the shortest print, and we we calculated. Well, people have calculated. Uh, a good friend of ours, Armand, and a couple of people on Blowout have done the calculations. It looks like for 1996 there were 30,000 boxes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the year prior, years prior, it was 350,000. Ninety-five. They're thinking 140,000 boxes, but that's rumored. Um, so we're not quite sure. But for 96, that was the first time they really put a premium thing into action, and no one bought it. Mm. Not a lot of people went into it because it was the most expensive set to have come out. And you're looking at a Marvel Masterpiece set every year from 92. So people were kind kind of losing interest at that point.
0: And the industry had just kind of gone tits up. Yeah. That 90s implosion. Yeah. Yeah. so So 96 is definitely
1: what you're looking at here in terms of value yeah um yeah i agree i think so too and then with the introduction of 2016 which is something i want to talk to you about as well Mm. um okay so trying to
0: think while you're gathering your thoughts yeah it's it's worth mentioning that the more valuable cards from the sets that followed in the late 90s because there you know there weren't as many sets produced for a good five year for around that late 90s early noughties period really until Rittenhouse house picked up the baton uh which i think complete avengers might be in their first one I which was so. the first and that was when they there were a lot more sketches in the market right previous to that you had 98, you had Marvel Creators Collection, then you had a Silver Age set. Right, those, those were the introduced. first sets to have sketchographs. So mm-hmm. that's where you first start seeing... I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that's where you started to see the one-of-one one artworks and the one-of-one yeah. one signatures actually going into packs. Yeah. Um, I think before that, there'd been some Jim Lee, um signatures that were pack-inserted on some sets, uh, I think you mentioned a couple of episodes back. Joe Casada had some cards, so you know yes. there had been a limited number, and you know there are always exceptions, like 1995, the Mirage cards. Right, they're pretty tough to find. Very so by, hard to find. So, so what you're basically what you're basically seeing here is scarcity and a direct correlation to price. So that's right. not a new economic. Kind of model, you know, supply. Not at money. all.
1: But it was in 2016 for Marvel Masterpieces mm. where you're seeing serialized numbers because yes. in 07, you have 13,000 boxes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is extremely low compared to 92, 350,000. So, hang on. Back yeah. it up.
0: Back it up. 13,000. 13,000 boxes. <laughs> to uh, sure as heck, felt like a lot more than that when I was looking See? at all the sketches. Yeah isn't that
1: it and it's fascinating because people talk about why it's not more expensive so that kind of brings over the the other thing about this which is original art trading cards versus reused imagery mm. for trading cards and that takes a lot into account mm. when you're thinking about value and investment mm-hmm. right who's the artist what is the original art? is the card featuring original artwork or is it featuring reproduced artwork or mm. artwork from comic books and so forth yeah and that seems to be the big discrepancy because from 07 to to 2018 the boxes are in like the 10,000 like 2016 is 10,800 boxes estimated estimated we're right. not 100% sure hmm. estimated that's around how many boxes were these are done.
0: Pr- it's worth saying that these are pretty educated guesses although right. we don't have the actual internal don't memos the from numbers. the upper deck uh, offices right. because they probably shredded them and you know yeah i, I guess of course but yeah
1: i don't know i don't know why we don't get those numbers i don't know why it's <laughs> national security it seems very bizarre yeah. but you can tell by the serial numbers and how many cars were released. They're probably not giving out those numbers because of EBAC or yeah. all these
0: different, a Denman, yeah. I don't know. I you don't know. Can backwards. You can work it backwards anyway. It, yeah. It's a pretty educated guess. But the interesting thing is that that set was specifically produced in order to drive that rarity factor. Yeah. So, you know, when they didn't add the um, serial numbers just for, just for a laugh. Mm-mm. they put them on there because they knew that would drive people nuts in, you know, mm-hmm. in a good way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I think the only thing the numbers have done, I, the only negative thing the numbers have done from what I've seen is upset collectors who haven't been in the game for a while. Right. Cause they want a full set yeah, and then they have to decide, yeah. am I going to have a full, yeah purple set which is cheaper you know what i mean those color variants so you have those tiers Mm -hmm. that come into play when you're dealing with set collectors and that seems to be the the biggest upset really so i was going to say three things that make a set more valuable would be in my opinion is going to be a low print run yeah the original artist's work so not reproduced art even though i think reproduced art on some cards is gorgeous and you know not knocking those at all Mm -hmm. and the second one the third one is Who's the artist they're highlighting? Mm. I think that's the big one because that yeah. was the pretty big divide for twenty eighteen with some collectors that you know whatever yeah. that you know didn't like particular things about twenty eighteen mm. um, and there's other factors that go into that that we don't have to get into the whole card drama craziness, um, yeah. but I think those are the three three things really you're looking at when you're talking about value for sets and for particular cards,
0: yeah, absolutely I think um. What's interesting, watching what happened with 2018, because 2018 was clearly, with with a few exceptions, um, virtually the same set construct as 2016. Agreed, yeah. With, in my opinion, equally um, high profile, hundred percent talented, top of the game. Industry-leading uh, contemporary artist of of fantasy artwork. So, yeah. so you know, for, for they've 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 chosen wisely. Yeah. The interesting thing about twenty eighteen is how quickly the market. There's a couple of things that happened. So, so the set broke physically, mm-hmm. and we assume we assumed on group that half of the product was released. Physically Um, on October the 31st, 2018. So that's boxes of product going to dealers, going to stores Um, in the US and in Canada and bizarrely China and the Far East. Mm. Um, Not the UK. Sad face. Anyway. (laughs) Hey, it's probably for the best. If I could, <laughs> I'd have, <laughs> I'd have, um, I'd have been living on the street recording this from a, a shopping cart, a right. little. <laughs> um, but um, and it got released, and and very quickly, the pattern followed what people were expecting it to do based on 2016. So a lot of the prices, and then. Around the time, just before Epax and around the time of Epax, the one-of-one printing plates mm-hmm. really started to go through the roof. Yeah, they did. And I'm, and I'm, wow. And it happened very quickly. And yep. you know, i I remember plates when the when the product was first breaking, going seventy five, hundred, hundred and twenty five, hundred and fifty.
1: Yeah, especially for more like non not high tier. Yeah, more like mid level characters. Yeah and you know character profile is something to talk about a little
0: bit but yeah 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 yeah. and then fast forward um you know lower tier less well-known characters printing plates still best part of 200 Mm -hmm. um, in a lot of cases and as for the short print uh, this is the interesting thing for me okay there are exactly the same number of printing plates whether it's card two tier one i can't remember the name of the character on card two um as there are for card 89 right is wolverine or spider-man i can't remember which right so it's in no way relative to the number of cards that that printing plate printed no when you go
1: into one of ones there's no tier anymore exactly a lot of people tend to price
0: one of ones exactly on tier exactly. prices. Exactly. Which is maddening. Which, which is interesting. However, maddening as it may be, people are paying it because. Well, I've paid it. it. Exactly. Surfer is a
1: high tier character and I, <laughs> it, yeah. Exactly. I want to talk about it. I'm still exactly.
0: Tender. And Norrin is currently sitting in his shopping cart outside of Walmart recording this episode because in of my fetal Ebola. position. Excuse exactly. Me. Rocking wildly, <laughs> <laughs> muttering to himself. Um, the But the interesting thing is so that, to me, that, that, immediately ties it back to the character collector um so i know for example and you know that in it I, I say in group so listen if, if i've first of all i've got to stop saying listen on episodes because i've listened to episodes one, <laughs> time, three, it's already happened. And, and my goodness i'm sure there's a few folk who want to slap me right now <laughs> um secondly um my trainer's thought has left the station what was i just talking about
1: so we're talking about character collectors i'm looking at the groups and the people in the groups we're talking about are the facebook groups sorry bingo
0: Bingo. thank you i'm just checking that you're paying attention you're good i was good um so there's there's a few guys in the group who are mad for certain characters like there's a guy who's really mad on man thing yeah Um, Yeah, yeah song by the b52s um uh, there's a guy who's really keen on black bolt yeah there's a guy which has he, an
1: amazing collection yeah
0: and for them do yeah some of these collectors have managed to track down through for, for all the odds almost all of the printing plates for those close cars. i mean very close we had one guy i don't know if he's in the
1: group i don't know if he ever joined but i we know of him he collected all eight of the beast plates marvel masterpiece 2016.
0: i don't remember seeing those
1: i don't you didn't see those yeah that was insane he was getting them him and his brother were doing it and i think i i'm pretty sure correct me if i'm wrong guys but i'm pretty sure he did all eight and it's one of the only full eights we know of i genuinely i don't think he's in the group because i'd remember that no i don't think he came i think i don't know i don't think so well i know jonathan is a huge Spider-Man, Jonathan C- Siegel, right? Is that how you say his name? Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, huge Spider-Man collector. And he's, I mean, he's collected nice quite on. a lot. Nice guy, super mm. nice. Mm. Uh, has collected many of the Spider-Mans from MM, six, uh, MM 2016. Yeah. And, you know, there's character collectors for Venom, Psylocke, Justin Armont. You know, there's a lot of people out there mm. who really have their main characters. The
0: James Lefler. Yeah, James, came, yeah. Not um sure that's how you pronounce your name james but yeah sorry james he is, has oh, a, great a great collection, collection too yeah um yeah and it's i you know i'm lucky yeah that 2018 didn't have black cat in it it's um so because well thanks for that simone i really appreciate that you've made me. <laughs> you've saved me having to part with a kidney uh and but by the time you know by the time i realized what was happening with 2016 it the the barn door horse bolted you know i was i was too late um and someone did sell one of the black cap marvel masterpieces 2016 plates on ebay recently and they really were four figure sum. Um and it went best offer, but it was a hefty four figure sum, so it would have still gone for a four figure sum. I'm talking like two grand, three grand. What color? Oh, I can't remember. Um it was a plate. That's all I know. Um, that's nice. And I'm like, Okay. Fair enough. And I'm not the only black hat collector out there. And mm-hmm. you know, it's um I'm not gonna pretend. You're the only I one got... in my book, Ian. Oh, bless you for saying so, sir. <laughs> but you know, on on a serious note, it, it's not it's not my right to have every black cat card that's out there Um, in See, the same way. um, I think
1: I should have all the silver surfers and you should you, have all the black We,
0: we need to we need to march on. Um, there we go. What do you call it? Capital? I have the that right now. That's, that's it. I think that's the place people are marching. That's right? where you go. That's where you go. <laughs> in, in the UK, we march somewhere else. Um, it really is. So in terms of
1: tier stuff, character. Characters really matter. Um, yeah. You know, really, you're looking at characters that are fan favorites, characters that are kind of have the most history, you know, Wolverine and Spider-Man, those are high tiers. They always place them high tier, but characters like Magic are pretty sought after Um, other characters. And that's a tier one card. And her plates were going for a pretty, you know, in in Mm. the three figures Mm. uh, for for plates.
0: Um, And so was her auto cloak and and dagger as well. Cloak, cloak of that, which is, is, a great, is you know, has a major TV series out at the moment. Yeah. So you're
1: looking at characters, you, you know, that is something to really consider is what character yeah. are you looking at there for the price? And that's, that's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And how deep, look, how deep you want that rabbit hole to be. Yeah, I no think kidding. if you, if you're going to, um if you're going to dive in on 2016, 2018 Marvel Masterpieces on the same vein as Marvel Premier. These are premium sets. They are made, they're not entry level sets. They are made for collectors. They are made for exactly the collector mentality that chases after yep. all eight printing plates of a card. Yep. um And they, you know, it is a, rightly or wrongly, it is a business model that works because they make this product and, and, you know majority of the time it goes i think i think the as big as 2016 and 2018 marvel masterpieces were they're not the biggest sets that have come out over the last couple of years if i'm thinking of um fleer ultra x-men 2018 yeah it's just vast i mean i i remember scrolling through the checklist and i woke up two days later and i was still scrolling it was just, <laughs> it was just crazy Hell. Those sets are, so is the Spider-Man one. And like a yeah. lot of those
1: Spider-Man cards. So the crazy thing about those Fleer Ultra sets, which always really intrigues me, is the rarity of the sketch cards. So if we're yes. talking about value, those sketch cards from those particular series, yes. in my opinion, I think are extremely scarce and extremely yes. difficult to find and, and have a premium price to them, or at least they should. Because, And here's another thing to think about with eBay. For instance, like if you search, um, which I just did, "2016 uh, Marvel Masterpiece Autographs," there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. In turn, and at the time of this recording, maybe ten, maybe ten of those cards even on eBay. Yeah. And they're all three figures, mm-hmm. unless they're buybacks, which they're a hundred bucks. You know, you're looking f- at. Some of, characters of some characters, right? Yeah, the buybacks. Yeah, yeah. Um, the buybacks. So for, those,
0: for those who may not know, um, what they yeah. did with 2016 Marvel Masterpieces, I think this was the first time they did buybacks because they did it with Fleer Ultra X Men 2018. But I think the first set to have them was 2016 Marvel Masterpieces. I feel like they, the 2016 is the home is the, is the marker. Well, they for kind premium, of right, well, I think I think so, and I think because so much worked, they've carried on doing it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, yeah, it makes makes sense to do it. But that that's where the buyback... So you, we, I think we talked on a previous episode about the fact that the buybacks um, were cards from the 90s where the, the manufacturer, Upper Deck, had literally bought them back from the market. Yeah. Stamped them. Yeah, we did talk packs, about this. So that's fine. Yeah. What I don't think we touched on is that t- in in 2016, example, because it was the same main artist, Joe Jusco, it was um he signed 10 of each of them and they went into packs with a little coa certificate of authenticity um 15 i think it's 15 of is it 15 15 15 good good i'm glad one of us is is using it <laughs> whilst the other one talks because i can't do both um, try just to double check <laughs> he um he uh, no it's, it's a good job you're here otherwise we'll have people writing in um, <laughs> were, were we to have a physical uh, postal address um Well, I have to start thinking of a name for our letter column. (laughs) The idea of a podcast having a letter column is is just just blowing my mind. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, and so so on those, the ones that you've seen on eBay are probably not characters that are as sought after. Because the interesting thing about um, 1992 is that they didn't put the more popular characters in certain parts of the set they didn't short print them in any way um so it was a pretty open playing field but of course fast forward to 2016 there had been exactly 15 signed buybacks of each character out there but it's it's telling that the the ones that people are going after the characters that people are going after those are the buybacks that are going for the highest money i remember seeing i remember seeing sitting here in front of my laptop seeing not long after 2016 broke seeing a, a black hat signed buyback and i think it was about 60 bucks and yeah. i hesitated and when i looked either later that day or the following day it had gone and i don't think i saw any again certainly not at that price and certainly not for a long time the last time so, i looked they were about 200 bucks
1: no they're they i'm looking at them now so it's, sorry there's more than in 10 there's maybe like 30 of these um i was looking at sold listings for so we can double check prices Oh, but again buyback wise there's more buybacks here of lesser characters and like maybe like 20 and maybe there's like 10 or 15 2016 joe jusco signed Mm, mm. cards on here and they're all three figures they're all three figures Mm. from what we're looking at here so this is definitely something to Look at in terms yeah. of in terms of value of what's on what's on eBay
0: and so but at, forth. But at the same time, I've kind of got a I've kind of got to figure that the people who bought those bought them at a lower rate, possibly, mm-hmm. and I've got them on there, and they're sat there at a high buy now. So, <laughs> do they just sit there at that high buy now because the market's not paying it, or do they just let them sit there and renew or good till cancelled until someone who is willing to pay it comes along?
1: So, you know, this this is funny because I've been thinking about this a lot, not a lot, but, you know, enough. Where, here's the thing to also think about. The group of collectors for the cards is so small. Yep. You can't throw a rock. Look, if someone buys a sketch card of a particular character... You give me 24 hours, lie. You give me 10 hours, I can either track down who has it or know <laughs> mm. where it disappeared into what black hole that the collector decided to keep it.
0: Oh, hold it's you to that. It's that small. It's true. It's <laughs> I'll true. send you a list of cards after this. <laughs>
1: I mean, some, some of them you really can tell. I mean, you know, yeah. some people, yeah, you know, yeah, some yeah. cards vanish and it's like they're bought by like a supernatural entity and you're like, where the hell do these things go? Mm-hmm. But most cards I can track down, to be honest. I can see I can see where they're going or who's who's mm, picking them mm, up, mm. Um, and I think as you get more and more into the hobby, it's that small of a hobby that you kind of get that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. knowledge. I mean, we we know we know who's going for what. We're, yep. we're surprised to see yep. certain cards still sitting there on eBay. Exactly, you know I mean? but yeah.
0: at the same time, I think um, one of the interesting things going back to um 2018 marvel masterpieces is that with epax it went that's right because i was talking about that and we kind of kind of segued so so pulling it back to that that thread, it when epax released it just went crazy and and uh, i think it's probably the fairest way to say it because marvel masterpieces collectors on on facebook it was the number of posts i can look at the graph Mm -hmm. and the number of posts in that what 11 day period yep that it was i think it was sold out in in super fast time um yeah based on epacs and the number of new members as well who came into the group um which is fantastic uh welcome all um stick around those of you who are who are still there um and it was wonderful and and then very quickly people kind of got to where they wanted to with the set and kind of like okay yeah, i'm kind of done now you know and a lot yep. of people had achieved whatever they set out to achieve some people had had, had side quests <laughs> as i guess yeah. you call them um, i wasn't gonna collect this but yeah exactly i'm i'm currently <laughs> guilty of that one um yeah. hello hello <laughs> pu- hello purples um and but now the interesting thing is that that finite i don't think that necessarily the market has i don't think the market has crashed for 2018 i think there 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 are a couple of things going on i think one of them is that most of the people who went out there searching for it at the beginning who were ready for it who went for it um either have got everything they want um and of kind of like, okay, that's fine. Thank you very much. Or run out of money. People are broke, man. That's I'm, no joke. I'm I'm guilty of the latter part. A lot of I'm people kind of are guilty right of it. down. And you know because
1: there was a period where cards were popping up on eBay that should not be that low.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That so, should
1: not have any business being that low. Exactly. And people lucked out who had the cash. Yeah. But people got flushed by the by the series because it's all 2016. Yeah. And they didn't want to miss out on the 2018 exactly. that they would want and i'm i'm as guilty of that as anyone i went
0: i went i went um i'm not sure i can use the expression i was going to use on a clean rated (laughs) so i I went i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna change it a bit i went knee deep on uh thanks um i went knee deep on um waist deep even i mean crikey i was up to my (laughs) chest um on (laughs) 2018 because i knew i wanted the gold I wanted 1 to 100 gold at the very least. And what I mean by that is the gold signature parallel of tiers 1, 2, and 3, which was relatively straightforward, tier 4, which took a little bit of doing, and the Impressive. gold gallery, which is 91 to 100. Um, I did that alongside base 1 to 81, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I knew very clearly what I wanted to do. But the prices of those, with the exception of probably tier 4, gold signature, the prices of those dropped massively when EPACs came out because all of a sudden, yep. there was a lot more product on the market. And no one knew for sure exactly how much would come out on EPACs. So no, we you know, weren't. A- and
1: that was the, that was the freaky part. A lot of people were spectacular that they were going to hold a lot a yep. lot of people are like no they're not they're just going to give what's left or whatever yep, exactly so it was very much divided yeah. so
0: we yeah, you know, we kind of we kind of speculated that 50 got released physically 50 got held free packs and i think that given how little physical product there seems to be now i think that's a reasonable guesstimate i don't see and much. i wonder and the boxes are starting to go up in price as well
1: and i wonder if the boxes will I wonder if the percentage will change i wonder if more things would be held on epac Mm. as opposed to physical um potentially you know i mean how i mean and to all the listeners out there you know how rough it is to find any kind of physical product to any of these cards unless you have a dealer at a sports memorabilia store who's an upper uh, upper deck uh whatever it's called right who can buy the product for Mm. you or they might have one or two boxes off to the side they're nowhere to be found. They're that yeah. premium, yeah. and it makes sense if Upper Deck starts maybe reserving these for EPAC. I don't know if they will. I think the Marvel Weeklies are an interesting indication of what they're thinking—a mm. little insight into how they're going to start dealing with rarity mm. um, for the lesser, lesser non-original art. I, I don't know. I think there's some interesting things happening here, and I'm I'm interested to see how. The market bodes mm. when it mm. starts when that ratio starts going a little more to the digital side. It and isn't... digital just means that you can buy a box online, yeah. see all the cards in the box, and then have yeah. them sent to you physically. They are yeah. not digital cards. Yeah. just so you guys know.
0: Or or not? You know, depending on because depending, you
1: kind of, right? Sorry, yeah, you're depending, seeing what yeah. you get. Yeah. Yeah, we
0: um, See the the interesting thing. So going going just just let me finish this train of thought on 2018. Mirage cards. Before and even during Epac's release, were about a hundred bucks. Pretty much. Um, you can now pick them up for thirty, forty. You get fifty on a lucky day. And they're rare. They're not. Yeah.
1: They're not super. They're not. They're, they're not easy to find cards. But fifty they, or
0: ninety-nine. One of the two. Someone did a sum based on how many because they're not numbered. No, they're not numbered. But, no, if, not you, numbered, if, but you, if you work box, back. Yeah. If you work one per the case. that's it. So if you did the collation. Based, right. on, based on the numbering of what is numbered, you can work out how many cases and then you can, there, there's mass involved. It's the whole Russell Crowe, beautiful mind, where there's equations. <laughs> yeah, we're back to that. Um, I just go cross-eyed, but people like uh, Amand um, on the group is yeah, able to work that out know, pretty quick. They,
1: yeah, he knows how to do so, that. Yeah, really he's, well. he's, a,
0: he's a boffin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, so it's very, and even uh, two weeks back when we recorded um, episode one, I remember telling you before we we, we started rolling that I'd yeah. seen a silver spectrum, and that's the, that's the that's mm. what the name is for where the artist who did the set signed the card, actually physically signed the card. So there's only and it has like a, a only, rainbow
1: silvery yeah. border around the card. Yeah, right?
0: yeah, yeah. No, around the numbering, around believe, the numbering uh, well. on the back. So they're they're numbered one to ten. There's ten of them for the base card. There's ten of them for the what if variant. So there's there's twenty signed copies of each character. Basically. Right, And for um, the Joe
1: Jusco, when it was the buyback, you'd have the 20 plus the 15, plus the 15
0: buybacks. buybacks from the right. earlier You set. don't have
1: buybacks in MM18, so no, 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 no. signatures in MM18 yeah. are rare. Um, and,
0: and there was one on, and it wasn't, it wasn't a high character. I can't remember who it was off the top of my head. There was one listed by now on eBay a few weeks back at $39 by now. And I was like, And I think it might have uh, even had free shipping. And I looked at it and I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, And I looked at it and I was like, wow, that's uh, a little bit cray cray. Um,
1: $4 shipping, $40, Triton, 3 out of 10. So uh, what if auto 2018?
0: Yeah. I I haven't looked since. I'm I'm guessing it sold. I don't know. I'm sure it did. I'm sure someone would have picked them up. Because I know that there are collectors who are going after the full set signed. You know yeah going i off mean to there's plenty cards.
1: to pick up so. under a hundred dollars right now yeah
0: exactly so i think that those collectors that are going for that are probably already got them or yeah. they're waiting for a price that they like Again, um, it's a
1: small hobby so yeah. when people get what they want the prices drop the problem is mm. depend- it depends what you're going for mm. it depends what you're going for and that's really you know going back to the main focus of the episode That's the trickiest part about the investment angle on trading cards is that you need to know who the collectors are and what they're going for. And, you know, just to give a little insight into this, I'm pretty vocal about who I collect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of collectors have told me privately how that's a bit of a mistake to be that open about who you collect because you Mm -hmm. will start seeing premium prices. And if they weren't right, Sketch cards for the surfer will def are definitely mm-hmm. premium prices because, and I'm I'm be honest, you know, because of the four or five people who mm. were fighting over them, mm. you know, people are looking at the past sell prices mm. and marking them up, and now a lot mm. of people are sitting on cards and have them at two hundred dollar prices for sketch cards, and no one's picking them up because either I'm not interested, <laughs> yeah. or the three or four other people who are into it yeah. are not interested in yeah. that
0: specific oh, character. I've had. I remember when I was buying a lot of Rittenhouse black hats um, back in the day. It's, oh, it's less than ten years ago. Anyway, um, and I, I actually had a couple of people that I would regularly buy from as sets broke, hmm. um, uh, who, who pretty much told me that there was a premium going on there. Yeah, because of the character, and because they knew that I, you know, I wasn't the only guy after. Austria.
1: No, no, and Black Cat has a pretty uh, good core amount of collectors.
0: Exactly probably, exactly. probably a
1: little more than the surfer, I would say. I don't,
0: you know, there's a, there's not actually, there are some collectors of Black Cat from back in the Written House day, and to the, to this day, I'm still not entirely sure who they are, or even if they're still in the hobby. No,
1: there's some um, people who are completely off, yeah. off the grid.
0: Um, there was one guy, he, he went for a lot of hot female characters and always seemed to be able to snap up the, um or even before they were visible to anyone they were gone um so and he obviously new about- dealers uh, was able to get you know get in on them when the cases were broke before they hit ebay so yeah. you know they disappeared
1: and you know it kind of i don't know you know it, it you know some collectors obviously no one here or no one in the group everyone in the group's extremely kind and not misogynistic or any weird stuff you know i mean it is it is majority guys but women of Marvel, not the card series but the the ladies of marvel those cards tend to sell a lot um but you know i, I don't know i don't know exactly what i'm saying here in terms of investment collect what you like because you don't know what character is going to be popular what character is not going to yeah. be popular yeah but i think that's that's an important part of this conversation you know some characters do demand a premium but that could be just because at the time you yeah. have a lot of particular characters collectors who are collecting that particular character
0: I think so and I think um, I I've not done a poll on it my sense is that the hobby is probably largely male I think so yeah and you know <laughs> weird we weird, weirdly I'm not sure if if that's something to be Proud of or not, but I don't think it sways massively from the stereotypical imagery of comic book guy from The no, Simpsons. I think you know, what's nice like,
1: about the group is that we haven't had any. It's it's been very welcoming and very kind, and we do exactly have other, yeah. Which I'm very. I wouldn't be part of the group if it wasn't like that. And exactly exactly. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. If yeah, it ever no. went like that, yeah, I ban and all that. I would never tolerate that in my, ever. No, because right? no, no. I think that's just yeah, really kind of
0: gross. um, but. Just because that's that's kind of seems to be the the demographic makeup of the hobby doesn't mean that the hobby behaves in a certain way that you right respect. especially at is at what I think art. you're trying to say yeah. right yeah not not
1: necessarily an art group at all you know so I mean I think that's really kind of absolutely nice. not and yeah. you
0: know there's there's some members in the group who are um, incredible um, advocates for the hobby I think. Yeah. Um, who yeah. I would love to get on, who just happen to have been born a different gender, so to, yeah, to exactly. me or you. So, um, and we will talk to those people in due course. Um, yes. Um, I think there's so many different ways to talk about in- investment here um, in terms of what are you in it for? Are you in it to collect what you want and and then you've got it and it's lovely, and you know because it's a sought-after character and a sought-after product that it would always kind of hold a value, and if that being kind of of comfort to you, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I think is a psychological thing. Um, I'm sure. Oh, sure. There are studies I know about I it. have it. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, then there's the other side of it where you are buying specifically because you know that if you buy it and hold on to it, you can then resell it.
1: And I think here's the third thing, and this would probably be the thing that starts wrapping up the episode. I don't know how far we're in yeah Um, no
0: i think i think we'll 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 probably wrap yeah this is the last topic and i think
1: this is something that affects everybody and is extremely important and and when i talk and we're going to be talking about flipping and what i'm talking about flipping is not not from flippers who just collect to sell as a way of making a living which is you know i think a little insane um that's my personal opinion i think the hobby is set up in a way for us collectors to fund our own hobby with cards we collect. And I think that's a big part of it.
0: Um yeah, people who yeah. are collectors yeah, who kind of surf a little bit, I knew you'd like that reference. That's um <laughs> surf the market in order to achieve their collecting aims, but are still passionate collectors of the hobby first and foremost.
1: Right, which can burn you, you which, know, which which can which burn can you.
0: and it's it's burnt yeah. me you know i've I've tried it, and I've it's, always muffed it, so it's yeah. not something I really you can't do really you
1: can't really you know. know um yeah.
0: but also um versus those who just buy it, break it, and sell it in order to make revenue that they just ha- it could be any product they just have any product, to be, you know yeah, that um. And in some
1: way, I love those people because I'll have access to the card. So yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're buying tons of boxes, and I, I get what they're doing. But you know, yeah, at the same there's time- less emotional
0: investment there, I guess. I, I I see I see that in um I see it in other niche hobbies like I see it in steelbook collecting. Oh, uh, I can understand uh, steelbooks. That's that's, interesting. that's 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 massive on it. Um, I've seen it in uh video game collecting as well which is another uh, i looked yeah. into that it's really cool yeah well the the older stuff the older stuff is one thing that's fine I, there are people who buy and sell retro video games yeah which is great but there are new limited edition i think they're actually called limited edition the company that does uh, yeah they are ps4 games and there are limited numbers so they like steelbooks or like anything else that's produced in short print quantities mm-hmm. like oh, our right, trading cards all- you know there are people who do that and in the same way that is in um you get people who will buy tickets to a live event
1: right and scalping you know? tickets, yeah
0: exactly so you know pe- well, the, and, it the, happened, and that's it, existed since roman times right and it the real
1: thing that maybe other collectors who probably before this, who have gotten into this uh was amiibos and funko pops Right, Those were big things that were happening. There were people mm, buying up mm. chases or people were buying exclusive Amiibos and then selling their... Or oh, any of the action figures. even of the, action the, figures. Um, yeah, Some of the Star
0: fun. Wars stuff where you'd have stuff that was one per case. Um, yeah. One of the other podcasts that I'm a think, huge fan of. Uh, yeah. The guy there tells a story about the fact that he would go around to five or six different Toys R Us and other stores in the mm-hmm. New Jersey area Just start picking and, up and, and buy in and buy loads of stuff. And then they would They would flip it.
1: Yeah. I think, and for me, the reason I get excited about talking investments, especially for this episode, and for me personally, when I talk about investment, I'm not talking about investment to make money off things that I'm not emotionally interested in. I'm talking about, okay, like for instance, right? Here's a card I'm into. If I see a card I'm into and I'm like, eh, it's $150. I'm really Mm. like it right now. I'd like to have it in my collection. I want it part of my collection. I'll be like, but maybe if I see someone better, like if I see an interpretation of a character I like better down the line or I want a different card, can I trade up, right? Am I gonna take this $150 sketch card, right? Or like for instance, you know, uh, Justin just bought this beautiful Ray Dillion AP Magic for a 325 Mm -hmm. uh, Marvel Masterpiece Series 1. It's a sick looking card. And I saw this card before and I had the option of buying it, but I didn't. And it was only because I looked at the price and I looked at the card. And I was like, that's probably going to be the most. So I'm not seeing any profit to fund a crazier expense or yeah. can I trade up, which I definitely think. I think that magic card will always have a life where someone will yeah. want that particular yeah. card. And that's what I mean about investments from the hobby point of view, at least yeah. from the point of view of my own. Yeah. That's how I
0: look at it. Do you remember seeing that meme online of the uh, the distracted boyfriend it's called? Where there's the guy and he's walking along and he's looking back at the girl passing by. That's kind of the image I had in my head. The girl passing by. <laughs> we is should hear the group, actually. And uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll do that on yeah, the let's um, do that. on the episode tasting notes. We'll we'll crudely Photoshop Perfect. that together, um, and you can you can uh, get amusement on that. Listen, uh, we've got a wrap for this week, um, yeah. folks. Um, this is juicy. We could talk about this all day. The one thing I'll I'll end on there is it's interesting your take on investment there my take on investment there is emotional investment in the hobby and the character that you're collecting and the and the sense of satisfaction you'll get from from being able to to sort of achieve whatever your aim was be it to fill that nine card page of sketches you know from a certain set or to be able to get all four of the plates you know i think and and that you know that for me is kind of priceless you know that that's what everyone in the group is in it for um and that's kind of what the hobby is about so and it doesn't have to be a card that's financially worth a lot of money Not at all. you know i bought um a dollar bin sealed polybagged magazine from the 90s um on ebay last week and it came and i didn't know this was in there and i, I opened the polybag cuz i was, Kind of wanted to uh, read the magazine. And inside was a Marvel Masterpieces trading card that, although How I own, cool it was, was a that? promo. And I didn't know it would come with that magazine. I was like, yeah, it's like finding treasure. That's pretty cool. And, you know, I didn't yeah. expect to find that. I already own it. I'll probably, you know, I'll probably give it away to someone free when, when they buy something. I'll include it as a freebie. You know, I'll pay it forward. But um, it was just a delightful thing to find. And yeah. that, you know, that feeling of finding that that's the investment for me i agreed
1: think. no i i mean i agree and that's how i feel about my personal collection yeah. you know seeing like having all four plates you know that's yeah, yeah, yeah. or having your rainbow nine page and that yeah. might be a cool episode to think about right how do you design your specific wants in your collection well
0: collecting goals yeah collecting goals, collecting that's goals that's exactly. definitely one And another thing i want to talk about is hidden gems like that mm-hmm. promo i just talked about you know, That's pretty it cool. May not be w- worth much in the market that we've probably been touching on, which is
1: right. Yeah. Let, let's it's, be clear: it's, this it's is extreme.
0: It's the thinner, it's the thin end of the wedge. There, you know, it's yeah. not. It's not the whole market. It's just not at all. Just something that we we wanted to talk about um, and get it off our collective chests. I guess um, there's a hell of a lot more to talk about, and we will. So, yes. um, Noren, ah, it's been beautiful as ever gorgeous i'm excited as the music (laughs) swells behind us um we'll see you next week folks enjoy collecting
1: enjoy collecting
0: thanks for listening to the marvel card collectors podcast you can subscribe via our home on anchor.fm forward slash mccp leave us a message via that link with questions comments or just to say hi and we may even play on the show we'll also be on itunes and most other main podcast platforms soon On Facebook, you can find Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide by searching MCCW and Marvel Masterpieces Collectors by searching MMC. On Instagram, find us at MM Collectors and at SketchCardHive. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin MacLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Card Span Collective. We'll see you next time, and remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel, and enjoy collecting.